This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So we're in the middle of a series this week. This is week two of our series um, that we're calling I Am. And last week we launched this thing talking about um, resurrection and life. So basically what we're doing is we're going through um, this series and we're looking at the words that Jesus used to describe himself. And we found that the words that Jesus uses to describe himself gives us sort of insight into who he is. And like we said last week, this is not like a full definition, the full breadth of who he is. It's not the full conversation within, you know, one thing that he says. Because we said last week, Jesus calls himself many different things in scripture. And we said that each time he calls himself something, it's illuminating a facet of who he is. It's bringing to light a nuance of who Jesus is. And so last week, we looked at him as the resurrection and life. Remember, we looked at the story of Lazarus, and he tells Martha there on the road before he calls Lazarus, uh, Lazarus to come out, he says, I am the resurrection and life. And we said that Jesus is the resurrection. The resurrection is not an event that took place. It's a person. It's Jesus. And when things encounter Jesus, they don't stay dead, right? He brings resurrection to all things. And so we talked about that last week. Now this week, we're going to talk um, a little bit about Jesus as the source of life. But before we do that, I kind of want to set the tone, set the atmosphere, set the stage a little bit, sort of get your head in the right headspace before we talk about this. And so I have four questions to sort of start us off today. And they're kind of deep theological questions, so you really have to think about it and, and, and come to a conclusion, but um, here's the first question. What do you call a country where people drive pink cars? Think about it. Someone said France. That's awesome. Think about it. What do you call a country where people car drive pink cars? It's a pink carnation. Huh? 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 Come on, that's good. That's good. You weren't ready for that. Okay, 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 okay. Here's my next question. This one's a little more theological. What's brown and sticky? Wonderful! A stick! Yes! That's the answer. It's a stick. Some of you are, it's Mother's Day, you're thinking poop. Just don't go there, okay? Just don't go there. Don't go there. Okay. I saw this one on Facebook yesterday and I thought this was great. Um, a great sort of question to ask. If April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. Huh? Pilgrims, do you get it? Do do do. Did I get a boo? Did I get a boo on that one? Boo, not funny. All right, one more, one more, one more. If a man is alone in a garden and speaks, but there is no woman there to hear him, is he still wrong? Okay, okay. Just wanted to get that out there. Listen, listen, listen. I never start with jokes, and now you know why, okay? Not my thing. But um, I wanted to kind of get us in the horticultural gardening sort of spirit this morning. Get us in that sort of headspace thinking of garden. Do we have any green thumbs in the room? Anybody who's like super dope at gardening? Yes? No? Maybe so? I'm like, I'm like, I bring genocide to plants. It's terrible. I buy them and then I slowly torture and kill them all summer until the fall and then I throw them away. And then I do it all over again every year. Um, it's just not my thing. But, you know, for those of you that are, that's awesome. Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is because Jesus used this sort of um, analogy when he was explaining a sort of uh, caveat of who he is. In John chapter 15, Jesus uses some horticulture sort of references, things that would have really made sense to the first century listeners that he was speaking to. 
And so in John chapter 15, we're going to talk about sort of an asset of, of uh, an aspect of who Jesus is. And so I want to pray, and then we're going to open God's word and allow it to speak to us this morning. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the time of worship that we got to spend just singing praise and adoration to you. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your word says, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And that we can engage you, we can encounter you this morning in this community of people. God, as we open your word, I pray that you would allow it to speak truth to us. That you would make it come alive to us. God, I pray that you would, that you would open our minds and you would soften our hearts. That you would make us receptive to what you have for us today. God, please remove me from the equation, but use me as an effective mouthpiece for you. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to John chapter 15, verse 1. If you don't, it's not going to be on the screen because it's not working today. Badoo-toot. Um, I know Rich said earlier, if you're wondering why there were no words up there, we got here this morning and like our computer wouldn't turn on. We have no idea why it wasn't working, so we got to hit up the Mac store this week. Bob, hold your jokes. Um, and so we're going to try and get that fixed and have it back up for you next week. So that's why there's no words. That's why there's no like sweet cute little Mother's Day graphic or anything like that. Uh, we're going a little old school, okay? So um, if you have your Bibles or you can pull up on your phone, tablet, whatever, we're going to be in John chapter 15. So John chapter 15, verse 1 says this. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And remember, in this series, we're taking a different phrase that Jesus uses each week and talking about how Jesus tells us who he is. And in this passage, he says, I am the true vine, my father is the the gardener. And so I want to pause right there for just a minute before we move forward in the text. Jesus says that he is the true vine. Now this entire analogy is going to paint a picture of Jesus being the vine and us being the branches. And the vine is sort of the life force, the life-giving resource for the branches. Okay? I went, when I first moved into my house, we had this, this vine that ran and wove all throughout our entire fence line. Like the whole side of our yard was this big vine. And off of this vine were like thousands and thousands of branches that went all these different ways. And I'm assuming that it was growing grape leaves because these like older Middle Eastern women would come up to the side of my house and they would pull a bunch of the leaves off and like put them in a bag. It was either marijuana or grape leaves. And I'm going to go with grape leaves. I'm going to believe the best, not assume the worst, right? That these old ladies are drug dealers. Probably not. Um, pretty sure they were grape leaves, but those, the vine went all throughout and then the, the, the branches were just everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And so for me to get rid of this whole contraption going down, I felt bad because I felt like I was taking family or food away from families, but I was like, this thing's taking over my yard, right? It's got to go or money out of drug dealers pockets. Either way, whatever. So to get rid of this thing, I had to chop the, uh, the vine. I had to chop it at the base, and when I chopped it at the base, because you try and pull that stuff out when it's still alive, it ain't happening, right? You're getting blisters all over your fingers, and it's, just, it's not happening. So I had to chop the vine, cut off the life source for all of these branches, and then over the period of like week, two weeks, three weeks, you could see it going from green to like a tan to like a brown, and then it got like this, this brittle brown, like breakable, dry, whatever. And then I could rip it off the fence and it came off no problem because I cut off the life source to these branches. And so when Jesus is talking here and he says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. I'm the true vine. What he's saying here is I'm the source of life for all of these branches to come. 
And he says, I'm the true vine. Now, I think that's interesting that he says, I'm the true vine, because I believe that that addresses a direct problem for all of us, every single one of us in this room. When he says, I am the true vine, I think that should pause, cause us to pause and say, okay, wait a second. You're the true vine. Because here's the deal. So often, we attach ourselves to false vines, right? So often, we go to other sources to be our source, we go to other things, other opportunities, other things that attract us or, or, or capture our minds or our hearts, and we're looking for fulfillment, we're looking for growth, we're looking for edification, we're looking for encouragement, we're looking for this wholeness, but we're attached to different vines. And so when Jesus shows up, he says, I'm the true vine, that gives us insight that there's a bunch of not true, not true vines. There's a lot of other things that we can attach ourselves to. Many of us, we pursue success as our vine, or as our source. And we say, if I can get that success, if I can get to that next level, if I can do that, then I'll be whole. Then I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be who I need to be and where I need to be. Or we pursue money as our vine and our source. If I can just get this much in the bank, if I can just make this much a year, then I can get this car, that house, live in that neighborhood, go to those schools, do this, do that, and the other. And that becomes our source. Or we pursue social status. And we use that as our vine. Well, I just need to be important and people need to respect me and I need to get to a certain level, put some respect on my name, right? That kind of, that kind of stuff. And we, we sort of get it going and, and make that our, our source or our vine or our career title or our accomplishments or we, we, we get sucked into this like political, social issue conversation and that becomes our vine. And that becomes our source. And we're allowing the talking heads to tell us what we think and why we think it and what we believe and why we believe it. And it begins to be the source of our edification, the source of our comfort, the source of our security. We take and we pursue happiness as a vine. We say, oh, well, it makes me happy. It doesn't make sense in any other area of my life, but it makes me happy. And so we use that as our source, as our vine. And we connect to these different vines, but the reality is, is that they leave us empty. They leave us hollow. At the end of the day, they leave us wanting and longing for more. And so Jesus in chapter John, in John chapter 15, verse 1, he says, guys, listen, I am the true vine. I know you're trying all this other stuff. I know you're trying to get your happiness, your wholeness, your fulfillment, your edification, your growth from all this other stuff. But he says, no, 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 no. I'm the source. I am the true vine. And then in verse 5, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in him, they will bear much fruit. And so he goes from saying, I'm the true source. And then he kind of incorporates us into the story, right? He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. It means I am the life-giving source, and you are the one who gets your source and your life from me. So you should be attached to me if you want to bear much fruit, right? He says, your life should come from me. Your hope should come from me. Your dreams should come from me. Your aspirations should come from me. Your comfort, your direction, your security, that should come from me. Not the talking heads, not your bank account number, not your position or title at work, not your friends who give you affirmation sometimes and sometimes don't. He says, I am the source for you. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he says, if a person remains in me and I in him, they will bear much fruit. And so when you're talking about this fruit, Paul references this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. He says, if you're connected to the source, if you're connected to the vine, you're going to produce fruit. There are things that are going to come out in your life as a result of you being connected to the source. 
And Paul lays them out in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, is the fruit of the Spirit. Many of you guys know this, right? The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here's the deal. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. Like we say, Kroger's or Myers. There's no S on either of those for some of you. Like that's the only thing you're going to take away from today. There's no S on Kroger. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. These are nine attributes of one fruit. And so when you are in him and he is in you and you are connected to the vine, you are connected to the source, you are allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life, there is going to be evidence in your life that that's happening. The evidence of that happening is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit that we can bear when we are connected to the source. When we're connected to the true vine, the source of all life. There are tangible results to this. But then he goes on later in this verse, if you're following along in your Bibles or on your phone or whatever. John chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. So he starts off, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in him, they will bear much fruit. But then he goes, apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. He says, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you're struggling. You're trying to get through life. You're trying to do this thing. I am the true vine. I am the source of the stuff that you need. I am the source of your growth. I am the source of you moving forward. I am the source of your wholeness and your fulfillment and your peace and your love and your joy. I'm the source of that stuff. He says, and if you're seeking that from somewhere else, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If you're using anything else as your source, you're going to be disappointed and left wanting and fall short every single time. He says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. When I chopped that vine off my fence and all the branches started to wither, they stopped growing. They stopped giving life. They stopped having life. They became brittle and easily broken. Take all of those adjectives and descriptives and apply it to your life when you leave the source of Jesus. When Jesus is using these horticulture references, this is what he's saying to the people. He's saying, if you get outside of me, there's not going to be growth. There's not going to be life. You're not going to give life. You're not going to bear fruit. You're not going to be fulfilled. Things are not going to go well for you. You're going to be broken very easily. You're going to be brittle. It's going to be game over. He's like, that's not what I've designed for you. That's not what I've called you to do or who I've called you to be. He's saying, I am the true vine. I am the source of life. And so as he's saying these references to these people, they're getting it. They're like, yeah, I got vines at home. Yeah, I get that. That totally makes sense to me. Basically what he's saying here is, I am the source. Seek me. Follow me. Everything points back to me, Jesus, the source of it all. And then later in chapter 15, he goes on in verse 10 and starts talking about how we stay connected to the vine, how we stay connected to the source. Well, you know, what's, what's our part in all of this? Jesus is the source, given the love, given the, all the deal, you know, pouring into us. He's our life source. How do we stay connected to that? In verse 15, chapter 15, verse 10, he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Basically what he's saying here as he's saying, do what I say. Follow what I've laid out for you. But actually do it. 
Don't just think about it. Don't just ponder it. Don't just, you know, pray about it. Don't just have Facebook debates about it. Actually do it. Like, do it. You know? Um, many of you have seen the Shia LaBeouf clip. Again, if we had the screen, just do it. You know? No? Yes? You know what I'm talking about. It's intense. If you don't, look it up. It's awesome. Um, but he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. He doesn't say if you believe in my commands. He doesn't say if you pray about my commands. He doesn't say if you parse it in Greek and then figure out the real intention and find out all the creative nuances of it, then you, no, he says, if you obey my commands, you remain in my love. Do it. There's this um, preacher guy. He's one of Bob's favorites. His name is Francis Chan. And he, um, he um, I heard him give a talk a few years ago, and it was really, really interesting. He talked about his daughter, and he said, that he told his daughter, he, he, he explained it this way. He said, what if I told my daughter to go clean her room, right? Her room is messy, and I say, hey, daughter, go clean your room. And so she goes to her room and shuts the door, and she's there for a good hour, two hours, whatever. And then she comes back, and he says, hey, daughter, did you clean your room? And she comes back, and she says, well, I didn't exactly clean my room, but I really analyzed it, and I prayed about it, and I thought about it. And I read some commentaries on what you may mean by that. And then I even got the Greek and I parsed the Greek to figure out what you really might have meant by that. And so I have a complete and total perfect understanding of what you mean by cleaning your room. I get it. Like I've, I've, I've gotten debates about it. I have a very sound idea of what you mean by when you say clean your room. He'd be like, I said clean your room. That, I didn't say all that. I said clean your room, right? But it's the same idea. We do the same thing with the Bible. We do the same thing with Jesus, with the teachings of Jesus. We do the same thing with God. We say, oh, well, I'm going to analyze it, and I'm going to compartmentalize it, and my doctrine and my theology, and everything's going to be perfectly you know, put together and polished, and, and I can defend it to anyone in the world on Facebook behind my keyboard. It's going to be great. But I feel like Jesus is just like the dad in the story looking there going, I said to do it. I didn't say all that others. I said to do it. When I said follow me, I didn't say figure out what it looks like to follow me. I said follow me, right? When I said love your neighbor, I meant love your neighbor. I didn't mean try to define who your neighbor is in 50 different languages. Love your neighbor, you know? And so he says here in verse 10 of chapter 15, he says, if you obey my commands, you remain in my love. Live the life that Jesus has called us to. Don't just talk about it. Don't just read about it. Don't just pray about it. Don't just type about it. Don't just vlog about it. Don't just blog about it. Don't listen to podcasts about it. Just do it. If he says, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. He says, follow me, follow him. He says, seek him first above all else and, you know, everything else will come to Seek him first. He says, if you want to remain a branch connected to the vine, do what I'm talking about. Do what I'm talking about. Do these things. And then he goes on in verse 12. Chapter 15, verse 12, two verses later. This is all in the same sort of flow of talk, same sort of analogy that Jesus is laying it out there for. In verse 12, he says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. He says, love each other as I have loved you. You want to stay connected to the vine? You want to be a branch that stays connected to the vine? Don't only receive the love of God, but reflect the love of God. He says, love each other like I have loved you. Love people. See, there's this book. Um, oh, I meant to give a quote from this one earlier. There's this book by Bob Goff called Love Does. 
And um, I would definitely encourage you guys to get this. It's a very easy read, um, very short chapters for the reading impaired out there. Um, it keeps your attention for the totally ADD readers out there. And um, it's very, 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 very cool. And it's an insight into this guy's life. And it's called Love Does. And one of the quotes I wanted to, to uh, share is he said that love doesn't just keep thinking about it or keep planning for it. Simply put, love does. Love does something about it. But, you know, he says here, my, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love people. Here's his other book, came out last week or so. You got to check this one out too. It's called Everybody Always, and it's absolutely incredible. Super inspiring, super just passionate guy who loves people. And he says in this, he says, love isn't something we fall into, it's someone we become. Love isn't something that we fall into, it's someone that we become. And he challenges us to love people, even the difficult ones, without distinction, without limits, just like Jesus loves people. He says, you want to be remaining in the vine and be a branch that's alive and thriving? Then do what the vine does like the vine does it. Love people. He also says this in the book. It's absolutely incredible. He says, our problem with following Jesus is that we're trying to be a better version of us rather than an accurate reflection of him. That's so true. Don't love to the best of your ability. Love like Jesus loves. Those are two different things. Those are two very different things. See, our love should be a reflection of the love of Christ. The branch getting its life source from the vine, we should be loving just like he loves us. We should be receiving the love of Christ, the grace, the mercy, the acceptance, the forgiveness that he pours out to us we should also be giving that to others. The, 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 the branches would reflect the vine if we're connected to the vine. Does that make sense? And so when Jesus is saying all this, this is what he's saying to these people. That's why he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Our love should be a reflection of Christ. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you're connected to the wrong vines, Right? Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to disconnect from the junk. Maybe you're in here this morning and you got it twisted. And you're bearing fruit, but it ain't the fruit you want to be bearing. Maybe you're connected to the wrong vines. Maybe you're seeking money for that. Maybe you're seeking success for that. Maybe you're seeking affirmation of people for that. And Jesus is saying, no, listen, I'm the true vine. I need to be the source of what you got going on. And if I'm not... You're going to be left wanting. You're going to be left empty. You're going to be left searching for what you're missing. So maybe you're in here this morning and you need to disconnect from the junk. If your source is anything other than God, you're going to be left wanting every single time. If you find your hope and your life and your comfort in false vines, it's not going to do it for you. You're like a branch that's disconnected from the vine. There's no long-term life. There's no continued growth on your horizon. It's impossible. And if that's you this morning, I want to challenge you to disconnect from those vines and connect to the true vine, the source, Jesus. Reposition Jesus as your source, as your lens, as your infrastructure for your life. And you'll bear fruit. And there will be life. And there will be growth. And there will be hope. And there will be love and joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. 
Don't let the vine that you're seeking be slim fast for your self-control. Seek Jesus because one of the attributes of his fruit is self-control. Does that, does that make sense? Don't put these other things in the place of Jesus. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to actually do what Jesus says. You know what Jesus says and you've done your homework on what Jesus says and you've, you've you know, got a really good disposition and you can really let someone know on Facebook what Jesus says. But my challenge for you this morning will be to actually do what Jesus says. Don't just preach what he says. Don't just yell at other people and beat other people up with what Jesus says. But actually do what Jesus says. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Move from a head knowledge to a heart-driven action. Actually do something about it. Maybe you're in here this morning and you're connected to the vine and, and, and you get that and you're doing what Jesus says and, and, and you get that. But maybe you're in here this morning and you just need to love people. You need to do a better job at loving people. You know? Maybe you need to consistently be becoming love. Maybe you've never pictured it that way or, or had a headspace at that level, but maybe you need to be becoming love. Maybe you need to view all people as a potential dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Everybody. Every single person is a potential dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And when you view people in that way, it makes it a lot easier for you to love them. It makes it a lot easier for you to meet them where they are. You know, he says, love isn't something we fall into, it's someone we become. And I think that's so huge. That's so huge. Because when we're connected to the vine, we're connected to the source, we bear the fruit. The first attribute that's lifted, li listed is love. That's so, so important. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to do some reverse engineering. You're like, well, Sam, I don't, you know, I don't really know where I'm at on all this. I don't know, I don't know, I might be connected to the vine. Nah, I'm not sure. Maybe you need to reverse engineer it. Maybe you need to look at your life and say, well, is there fruit there? Because if there's not fruit there, chances are you're not connected because there's no life source coming through to you. So if you're lacking in the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control arena, then chances are you need to look introspectively and say, okay, what's going on here? Why am, I, why am I lacking love? Why am I lacking peace? Why is my life so chaotic? Why am I lacking kindness? Why am I rude and abrasive and a jerk to people? Why, why is that, you know? Why am I lacking gentleness? Why am I lacking self-control? Why am I lacking goodness? Why am I lacking faithfulness? Why am I all over the place on these things? Because if I'm connected to the true vine and Jesus is my source, that's the stuff that should be cultivated inside of me. And that's the stuff that should be coming out of me. And so I believe this morning, all of us in this room have some business to do with God. You know, maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, dude, it's the first time I've heard it. I'm supposed to be connected to this vine thing over here. Clueless, no idea. Let me get in on that. And if that's you, that's totally cool too. If you've never realize, man, I need to be connected to this. I didn't realize Jesus was the source of all this stuff. And that's a really simple conversation too. Say, hey, Jesus, let's do this. You know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God knows what's going on inside of you. There's no magic hocus pocus words that you have to say. He says, follow me, follow me. 
deal. Sign me up. Deal. If that's you this morning, I want you to start that conversation. And so we've intentionally carved out some space. The band's going to lead us another song. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus this morning, do it. Do it. It'll change everything. If you need to disconnect from the junk and realign yourself with the true vine, do it. Do it. If you need to start doing what Jesus says, maybe you need to be introspective and say, what in my life this week can I start to do rather than just talk about, think about, and pray about, and blog about? Then do that as the band leads this next song. Maybe you need to love people and the Holy Spirit's bringing people to your heart even right now saying, man, I need to love them better. Man, I need to, I need to be loved to them more. Maybe you need to do business with God and say, God, help me. Help me. Give me, the, give me the wisdom to see what I need to do, but also the strength and the courage to actually do it. But I feel like all of us have some business to do with God this morning. So as the band leads, I'm going to invite you to do business. Let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.